You're listening to a Monkey Buns production. Hello and welcome to Alfie Pod's Fantasy Footy FPL Weekly Edition, the show for football fans who love to geek out on the official Fantasy Premier League with a balance of stats, partisan opinions and football banter. My name is Alfie. I'm a live comedy entertainer, kung fu master and rather disheartened Portsmouth supporter. Each week I'm joined by experienced FPL content writers from around the globe as they wrote them their skills and go me through their philosophies and tactical choices for the fixtures that lay ahead. On this episode, we look ahead to game week nine and the main questions floating around football at the moment seems to be surrounding Old Trafford as Man United hosts Liverpool. We do touch upon that, but we do have other questions, such as, why haven't we bought Jamie Vardy? Is the Saints train about to depart the station en route to banging Formville? And which captaincy will bring more happiness? Lukaku against Norwich or Salah against United? Go get the gravy. It's time for some chatty football pie. Welcome to the FPL Weekly. I'm, of course, Alfie, and I do have some wonderful guests with me. Calling from the Netherlands, a semi-pro footballer who's sitting pretty on top of the Alf Pods League of Death and has now broken the 10k barrier overall. Jordi van der Laan, you must feel kipklekke. Yeah, I feel very good, Alfie. It's right? a shame I've had, I, need to, I, had to, I had to wait uh, three weeks to say this, but it's going well. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, ladies and gentlemen, is years and years of pressure of fantasy football right there. <laughs> Uh, calling from Dublin, a man who went maybe a bit too wild with his wild card, maybe because he's got the Alphatron juggernaut breathing down his neck. It's seasoned FPL ledge. Matt Kearney, how are you, Matt? Uh, I, I'm not. I, I'm okay. I'm, I'm not brilliant, but not bad. Now you captain Mares and not Salah. I, I did. I, I, I went. I went balls out, and yeah. <laughs> and it, did, it didn't work. <laughs> and your balls got cut. <laughs> yeah, they got, yeah, yeah. Joining us also on the phone from Colombia, FPL writer, Spurs fan, and a man who at least has the decency to captain Mo Salah, it's Will, aka Top Marks. How are you, Will? Fine, thanks, Alfie. How are you? Uh, mate, I'm top of the world. I'm above you in the league still, so that's all I care <laughs> Yeah, you did well, obviously. Don't no, patronise me, Will. I'm out here to destroy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I was all right with my game week. I think I was quite happy that I got a, an assist from Watkins. I was um, disappointed Ben Rama and Antonio both blanked. It was annoying. Tierney hit the crossbar last night. Yeah, mate, me too. I've got him. That I, I thought, oh, that's... Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, he's going to... Oh, oh. No. And uh, yeah, so it was a disappointing last, disappointing end to the game week. It's not a great Sunday and, um, and Monday, but yeah, Saturday was all right. Great to great to get most points and not to jinx him. I felt pretty proud of myself. Yeah, that was pretty good. I mean, yeah, because you finished the same points as me in the end. Fifty-eight, we both got, right. and I, 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 I suffered from the same problem. Well, I say problem. Great start to the game week, and then just tailed off into injuries and sort of sub appearances. Matt, forty-eight, the Mara's gamble didn't quite get there, but you know. We back you. We back the board. Still back you, and uh, your D sixty eight points, riding high. Got lucky with a De Bruyne decision, didn't you? 
Uh, why do you say that? <laughs> no, I, I th- yeah, I think I think I did get a bit lucky. Yeah, I did get a bit lucky because he only had one shot and he scored it. So that's what he needs. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the usual Kevin De Bruyne we we we've been used to get uh, past couple of seasons. But he's only three percent owned, so the goal was uh, did well. He did well for me. Mm. Good. Okay, right, let's have a Game Week 8 roundup. Just to remind us what happened at the weekend. Game Week Roundup. Liverpool and Salah, even Firmino, started strong at the block, smashing Watford 5-0, putting the dampness on Claudio's return to the Premier League. Wolves come back from two down to win 3-2 against a befuddled Aston Villa, who, after 70 minutes, must have thought the Wolves were far from the door. Leicester embarrassed the riches of Man United with a 4-2 win at the Walkers, leaving an even more puzzled look on the normally puzzled face of Ronnie Gullis Solskjaer, which begs the question, how long after the Walkers will he be walking? Man City comfortably dispatched Burnley 2-0 with what could be described as a solid silver service. Laurie didn't lose as they draw a 0-0 with Brighton. <laughs> One goal is enough for the improving Southampton to send a slightly unrecognisable Leeds packing. Chelsea avoid the sting from a swarm of bees, narrowly defeating Brentford, celebrating with a goal of Chile. Everton's 100% home record finally ends as the Hammers edge a fascinating fixture thanks to a good old-fashioned centre-half header. Big Pat almost steals a win on his return to the Emirates, but then that man Lacquer rescues a point for Arteta's boys as Palace miss out with another last-minute goal conceded. And finally, Newcastle's New Era starts brilliantly for a brief moment, but then everything settles down to normal as Kane and Son conspire to put poop in that St. James's party. Game Week Roundup. Okay, let's look ahead to Game Week number nine. That's what we're here for. Southampton versus Burnley. Southampton versus Burnley. Uh, Southampton picked up their first win of the season, defeating Leeds 1 0. 20-year-old striker Armando Broja on loan from Chelsea scored the winner. Only three teams yet to win this season. Burnley are one of them, and they face Ralph's boys next at St. Mary's. Uh, Jordi, James Will-Prowse still out for Southampton of game week 10. However, the return to form of Nathan Redmond, the inclusion of fresh blood from the likes of Alanusi and Broja, and the appending full return of Stuart Armstrong. And not to mention that their fixtures leading up to game week 13 reads Burnley, Watford, Asavir and Norwich. Is this the start of winning returns for the Saints and fantasy managers alike? I think the start has been a couple of weeks ago already with the 4.0 defender Livramento returning uh, already in tough games with a clean sheet against West Ham and a uh, clean sheet away to City. But yeah, obviously there wasn't the time that fantasy managers thought they should play. Uh, they should have played him. So, but uh, <coughs> someone played him against Chelsea. I just thought I'd put that out there. Someone that you know. Played oh against. yeah, that's right. You started him. Yeah, I started because you said you'll be mad to start him. So I thought I'll start him because that's the perfect time. Yeah, right? and he got you four points. Yes, that was a good. <laughs> and he got. Uh, did you start him this week? Because he yeah. got another clean sheet. He's yeah. firmly in my team. He's a, a first teamer for me now. I think. I think he deserves it. Anyway, sorry. Carry on. So, so yeah, if um, if you should be looking at other Southampton players, uh, there's a possibility because they, I thought they battered Leeds uh, the entire game last weekend. Uh, also got to do with the with the poor state of the Leeds team, of course. They were missing a few key players, and their squad size isn't that like other teams. So I think Southampton had close to 20 shots. Maybe they did reach 20 shots. But yeah, they have, they have a couple of cheap assets. And with the fixture on you uh, you mentioned, it's it could be a good time to jump on some. Yeah, Armando Broja at 5.0 could be one to uh, consider. Although I, I think we should still be wary of surprise 
Adam Armstrong star because yeah, I don't think you can uh, you can second guess uh, Arsenal who, who who he starts up front. Um, Especially Matt can't can can you Matt? You can't. Guess. <laughs> no, half my wild card team needs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Enough said about yeah, that. but that's 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 like what I said. I think there have been uh, more uh, good fantasy managers that that brought uh, Adam Armstrong into the wildcard team, and there was no sign of him likely to to be on the bench or uh, something else. So, yeah, that Never was a uh, don't rub it in. Don't rub it in, Jordi. He's in pain enough. He's in pain enough. Well, I, I should say I did actually consider at the start of last week to uh, to bring Armstrong into my team for a hit for uh, for scarlet but fortunately i didn't <laughs> well it's still a long way to go still a long way to go uh so go going back to southampton's defensive performance against leeds how much can you take actually from that fixture was it down to southampton looking really defensively sharp or was it more about leeds being really poor i think it's going to be a pretty standard answer for me and it's to say it's a bit of both I thought that uh, Mohamed Salizo had a very good game at centre back. Um, he's. I also uh, strained a bit of Saints forums, and they were pretty high. Do you say high speaking of him? Spoke highly of him. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and they didn't before. So uh, Salizo had a very good game. Uh, Livermento obviously also uh, more in an attacking way, uh, less defensively, but still okay. They thought double pivot of Romeo and Diallo worked very well. They also. I. I uh, I saw last week or two weeks ago, they said that James Ward-Prowse had a pretty tough start to the season and they didn't actually mind that he picked up a yellow card and got off a red card, sorry, and got a suspension. Mm. So that's interesting. Mm, that is interesting. So he's he's still suspended for another Premier League game. There's a cup yeah. game, so just one Premier League game. One more Premier League game. Uh, that's and that's a yeah. Burnley home game. So uh, also, be, uh, also due to what I have... On the bench, but I'm starting Livermanto again for what it's worth this weekend. Sounds like a plan to me. I can't argue with that logic, Jordi. Matt, I'm going to come to you now. Burnley. Oh, no. Burnley. Eight games, three <laughs> draws, five losses, five goals scored, 13 conceded. The next three games consist of Southampton, obviously, Brentford and Chelsea. Are Burnley dead? Is Burnley over? They're, they're, they're as dead as my wildcard team, so... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I, I wouldn't be going near them. Um, yeah, no, I, I, they're they're not the worst fixtures, but given the form of those teams, like you know Southampton have been keeping a few clean sheets, like we said, you know most notably against City and uh, Leeds recently. I, I wouldn't be. I, I think there's much much better options out there at the moment. I don't think I will be investing in Burnley at the moment. Uh, obviously, we were talking about them a few weeks back. Um, when they were coming into this fixture run, and we, you know, we mentioned the likes of Chris Wood and stuff, and you know, it was he had chances but didn't really convert them, and you kind of wonder if they're gonna, it's over, you know, if they're gonna snap out of this trend in these fixtures, and I, I don't really see it to be honest. I, I'm sure they will start scoring goals, but it's it's a bit tricky kind of at the moment pinpointing who the value players are who. You know, we've seen Chris Wood score a late goal uh, there uh, a week or two ago and, you know, it was obviously ruled out with, with VAR. Yeah, I, I just, I, I can't think, I can't really justify like even punting on someone like uh, Goodmanson or I guess if you if you wanted, if you, if you thought they could keep a clean sheet or two, you could get someone like, you know, one of the centre-backs who's always going to have a bit of a threat. But 
outside of those guys, I'm, I'm not really too keen on Burnley for yeah. the next few. And uh, you have to think maybe when winter comes around, maybe that's when Burnley, but you can't, I don't know, there feels like something in the air that the Burnley thing is over. Maybe that's a bit harsh. I was going to say, I remember that game against Liverpool. They played quite well. They came out. They didn't sit back. They were quite aggressive in that game and had a few chances. But even in the last few games now, they just, I don't know, they, they kind of look like they've tried to revert back to old Burnley or, I don't know, they're a bit of an enigma at the moment to me. Mm. I just remember watching like a couple of years ago and I think West Ham's beat them quite heavily. And I was like watching the game thinking, this Burnley side looks shit. They've just been found out. And then Dice turned it around in the second half of the season yeah. and they kind of went on a good run. That's sort of what I expect to happen again. Brentford versus Leicester. Brentford coming to game week nine in the back of a rather tight and honourable one nil home defeat to Chelsea, whereas Leicester enjoyed their weekend beating Man United 4-2 in a rather fun game at the Walker Stadium. Uh, Jordi, Jamie Vardy now has seven goals for the season, five in his last four games, 10.6 mil. He is a premium striker, but one who is massively outperforming Ronaldo. Not going to lie, I'm seriously thinking of jumping ship from Ron to Vards. Is this the right week to do so? Well, they're playing Brentford away, so I don't think this is the right week to do so. But uh, there's also part of me that's saying you can't guess the right week for Vardy because he's... Yeah, he's well, we haven't guessed it once every, yet. He, he <laughs> yeah, that's right. He surprises me every time, but I do feel he's a bit of a. Even after scoring seven goals, it feels so weird to say, but he still feels like a bit of a luxury in FPL because I got Lukaku, and uh, obviously I'm not going to lose Lukaku before that fixture run from Chelsea, and I don't think I want to lose that price point either because Kane is hitting. Also, a very nice fixture run straight after Lukaku. And I think Ronaldo were, uh, is going to hit a fixture run straight after Kane. So it feels easy to hop off the premiums, uh, the one premium strike and get on the other without getting Vardy. So I'm not ready to lose that price point for Vardy. And upgrading my second striker slot to Vardy is also, I think, a little bit too tough to do. So... That would mean not getting Son as a sacrifice. But yeah, you're right in saying that that Fardy has been doing extremely well. I mean, if you look at the past four weeks, Lukaku has been blanking four times, getting eight points, and Fardy has been outscoring him with 27 points. That's ridiculous. That's big, isn't it? That's big. Yeah. Ooh. So, Jordi, yeah. you have to leave us now. Uh, you have to watch Ajax tonight. Yes, of course. And of who course. they? Who looking they, forward. Who are they playing? Dortmund, Dortmund for the Champions League game. So, um, yeah, it's a big game, both on six points. And will Dortmund be throwing any fireworks into the Ajax fans this week? Or Well, I hope not. I hope not. But I don't think the Germans will. So. No, they're a very nice <laughs> bunch, aren't they? They never cause any problems. I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jordi. Enjoy. Thanks, Alfie. Good luck. Thank you. Matt, given the form of Tielemans and Vardy, and now the return of... Iheanacho, have Leicester turned a corner or did they just come up against a high level of incompetence? <laughs> no, no I, I think it's the same Leicester, but they did come up against a high level of incompetence because I don't, I don't know if you remember a few weeks back on the pod, I was kind of talking about wanting to jump on Leicester uh, and, and no one was really too keen on it. 
Well, especially from a defensive point of view, which, you know, I totally agree with. But what, what we kind of see from Leicester is that they're going to go out and try and score goals, but they're going to concede. And we've seen that since, since well, since game week two, really. Um, you know, they will score, but they'll also concede. And it's really a case of how many they can they concede. Um, I, obviously, the Man City game was was the one game that they they haven't really scored in yet. Vardy is a good option. Their away games are the more kind of favourable fixtures in the next four. And then their next two home games, I think, is, is a Chelsea and Arsenal or Chelsea and someone else. So I don't know. When you kind of look at it that way, the away games against Brentford, you know, Brent, Brentford being at home, they might come out and attack and it might give Leicester those kind of opportunities to counter with Vardy. And then like that, when when Leicester are playing the likes of Chelsea, they might sit back a little bit. And it's, so they, they, they should still be able to play the way they want to play in those fixtures is what is kind of what I'm saying. Mm. And, and, you know, Vardy could still keep ticking over. It, it's kind of easy to look at those fixtures and think, you know, mm, they're not great. But with the way Leicester are, they're, they're going out and they're trying to score and they are scoring goals. Um, I, I wouldn't be touching their defence now at the minute, but uh, Vardy's definitely an option. Whether I'd want Vardy over Lukaku, even though Lukaku hasn't scored in, in a certain amount of games, comes back to the, the the whole classic form versus fixtures kind of thing. I'm hoping that maybe Lukaku gets a, a rest against Malmo now in the Champions League, especially after kind of Tuchel's comments saying that he, he he thinks he's been overplayed over the last kind of six months or whatever. So yeah, if Lukaku can get a rest midweek and and find a bit of form now on, on the weekend, um, Chelsea obviously have Norwich at home, so anyone maybe wants a, a bit of a differential captaincy option, especially with Salah uh, playing away uh, to United. You know, if Lukaku can find his form against Norwich now, he could definitely go on a run. In his first couple of games, you know, he scored and and he looked very, very sharp. And, you know, we were all clambering on, you know, we were all struggling to get him into our team as quickly as possible. And I, I still think he is that kind of player. I just think Chelsea need to create more and find a bit, mm. you know, just get their sharpness back. Um it might be just a case of, of congestion fixtures, you know, it's between the champions. League. It certainly didn't help having Timo Werner on the pitch. Uh, sure. <laughs> as much flack as I give Werner, you know, he, he is good at kind of making runs and, and opening up space for players. Um, as an FPL asset himself, I wouldn't be, you know, expecting him to, to be scoring or, or assisting every yeah, game. But if, but... You can't, if you can't pass across the 12 yard yeah. box, then that's, yeah. that's too... Lukaku's detriment, isn't it? If the, he hasn't got a player that can pass in the ball, that's a problem. Will, yeah. you look, Will, that's, Will, let's come to you. I was just going to ask a couple of questions. I wanted to ask um, Matt about, you're saying the Leicester defence hasn't looked great. And so what do you think that says for the prospects of people like Tony and, and, and Boimo? I'm not pronouncing that right. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it because uh, obviously last week, you know, it was always going to be a tough game against against Chelsea for Brentford, but you know they they looked like a different team in the second half. Um, I didn't see the full I didn't see the full forty five minutes of the second half, just the highlights. But you know, they, they from what I could kind of um, take from from the highlights, they, they they whatever Thomas Frank said at halftime, you know they, you know they looked like a different team altogether, and they they went for it, and I think Mbomo hit the hit the post twice, did he? Yeah, um, did. You know, it it sounded like Brentford should have had a goal or two, and uh, maybe were a little bit unfortunate in terms of the results. So, you know, they could bounce back. It could be a high-scoring game. It could be, uh, you know, a similar, a similar kind of game to when we saw Brentford play Liverpool, um, or at least that's what I'm hoping. Anyway, 
so yeah, I definitely wouldn't be getting rid of the likes of uh, of, of Mbomo. Um I wasn't talking about getting rid of him. I was thinking more about getting him and Tony. I've got I've got Mbomo in my my team. I've got Mbomo Valentine's game week two. I was thinking about whether I had Tony up front as well and whether Leicester yeah. are that bad. Or I mean, because Johnny Evans was back at the weekend, wasn't he? Mm. I think so, yeah. So it'll be so, interesting to see how, how, how his return impacts the defence. You know, he might just need a couple of games to get up to speed. Um, but yeah, his absence has definitely been felt. Um, you know, he, he is certainly a presence there in the defence and makes a big difference. Um, the narrative has been is that Soyuncu's been rubbish because he hasn't had yeah. Evans next to him to tell him what to do. So now with Evans back... Well, I, I don't know if Soyuncu's just been bad because of Evans. But like, I mean, Soyuncu's been bad for a national team as well. He's been making mistakes for Turkey. He left right and centre, even in, in, in the Euros as well. Uh, you know, where, where normally he would be quite solid. So I think it's just a Soyuncu problem rather than a, you know, I think he just needs to go back to basics and, you know, try and f- cut out those mistakes. But uh, I do think having Evans back will will definitely help. Of course, you know, um, every centre-back makes mistakes and having a good, a good uh, experienced centre-back beside you helps cut down on, on the amount of uh, big chances you can see it. Mm. So is this the right week to bring Tony in? Um, I, I wouldn't be keen on doubling up personally. Um, I, I think if you've got Mbomo, I think that's fine enough because they, they seem to share the chances, you know, they're, you know, obviously the returns probably haven't been as, as evenly matched, but I think between the two of them, they'll, they'll get their fair share of chances and, you know, Mbomo with the clean sheet potential, maybe not against Leicester, but in general games and, and the extra point for a goal, you know, maybe he'll be with a better value pick also being cheaper. So, but yeah, I, I don't think there's anything wrong in doubling up. It's obviously just spreading the risk a little bit is, is generally a decent strategy that I like. But yeah, I don't think, yeah. think there's any harm in it. No, just such a good run for Brentford. I mean, sort of from, maybe from game week nine, I mean, after the Leicester game, I'm kind of yeah. thinking that's... Because um, I'm looking at the other options and he's such good value. I mean, 6.5, or he's probably not 6.5 anymore. But yeah, it just seems a good, a good price point um, good fixtures. It seems like an easy move to make. Yeah. And he's taken penalties as well, hasn't he? Yeah, that's right. Would you have him over Antonio, Will? No. I don't know. If I was, if I'm, I'm playing a three up front. So I'd have Lukaku maybe swap to Kane when Kane's fixtures get good, but have that kind of like the audio was saying, have that premium slot in a forward. Have Lukaku, Antonio, and Tony. Um, at the moment, I've got Watkins and he was been okay the last few weeks and I'll probably keep him this week just because it's um, because as we were saying maybe Leicester won't be the easiest fixture for Brentford to score against to score in but yeah I think those three I think I would like to take Watkins is more expensive than Tony so I'm thinking about getting rid of Watkins and bringing in Tony to free up a bit of cash really better value I'm very thankful that we just brushed over my wildcard team quite quickly. I'm, I'm I'm very thankful for that. Did you want to talk about it? We can talk about it if you want to. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> you're okay. I mean, it was bold. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you broke the cardinal rule and went two Man City players. Yeah. From not it, like it, not playing that game. It's like basically, you know, people at a casino. I know, not a casino. It's yeah. like. I don't know, on holiday, you've got these people playing the Cups game, then you see people on the tourists and they say, 
whatever you do, don't get involved in that game. Just don't get involved. And you see people, <laughs> people stand around, you watch it, and then you think, fuck it, I think I can win this, you know. You know I'll have a go. I, I was happy that I, I picked Mares and Sterling and then, you know, they started. I, I was, like, really optimistic. And, like, especially Diaz benched when they kept the clean sheet, you know. Um, yeah. The, the, and and, and that hard. morning, I, I'd, been, I'd been considering downgrading that uh, Trent to Robertson in order to move Sterling to De Bruyne but like a lot of people were saying nah nah I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, sacrifice Trent you know so I probably would I probably would have captained De Bruyne then because I knew he would have been more assured of of starting so but look you can overthink these things look I, I wouldn't regret I don't regret it I, I'd do it again I would I thought the bold decision was like not captaining Salah I mean it was like, yeah. he was the most captain player ever um, in a single game week, and it was like a good fixture for him. So it was, it was like, a great well, fixture. <laughs> it's a great I, I, fixture. I, was like, <laughs> I was expecting Watford to be a bit more problematic for Liverpool. I genuinely thought it was going to be like a one-all game, maybe two-one Liverpool, yeah. and then I was expecting City to go out and smash Burnley, maybe three or four nil. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, look, I won't be captain <laughs> Salah this week either. So. <laughs> that's good alright let's talk about that then the big one the big one this weekend is of course Man United versus Liverpool the last time Man United beat Liverpool in the Premier League at Old Trafford was March 2018 with a 2-1 win back when Mourinho was manager remember him since then they've gone on to draw twice and lose once that was last season when Klopp's boys spanked Ollie's pretenders 4-2 Firmino was on the score sheet twice that day although it could be said given his hat-trick last week that could be him for the season of course I jest. Uh, Salah was on the score sheet or on that day also, but it could also be said that that 4-2 result last season is not the norm as historically this fixture often pumps out tight 1-1 slash 0-0 score lines. Will, will this fixture pump out a tight 1-1 slash 0-0 score line or should fantasy managers be investing in this fixture given the unsettled nature of Man United and the opulent football that Liverpool are producing? Well, I think you're absolutely right. It's opulent football. And we were just saying how good Brentford have been. And remember, Liverpool scored three goals against them. So yeah. um, there's the other side to this is that United, when they've done well under Oli against the other big six teams, they tend to set up quite conservatively and tend to try not to concede. So I think that's that's really the only concern is that United might actually defend Um but Liverpool are so good. It's really, it's a really tricky game. Because at the outset, captaincy this game week looks fairly obvious. If you've got Lukaku, he's playing Norwich. They're the whipping boys, <laughs> just captain Lukaku. But now you're like, Lukaku's on a run of blanks. And yeah, he hasn't been playing badly. And he could have got, you yeah. know, he hasn't had huge amount of chances, but he could have got goals. But form is a thing. And Salah is in form. and on fire. United, absolutely. And United are... Yeah, waiting for Ollie to leave, really. Um, so I don't know. I'm really torn. I'm really torn between this. I think I play the fixture and I think I captain Lukaku, but it's well, let's see what happens in the Champions League midweek. Let's see if there's any more hints on lineup. You know, it's interesting about will Lukaku get rested? I and mean, there's, there's just doubts. All of a sudden, there's doubts about mm. Lukaku and Salah's doing so well. And we should just captain him because he's averaging over 10 points a match. So why are we even thinking about it? But, um, yeah, who knows? I mean, if they could, what what did Salah do against Man City? He did quite well, didn't he? 
no, he did all right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so now we're suddenly thinking, oh, he's playing United. It's like what? In what stratosphere? United in the same sort of quality bracket as, no. as City? They're not. So why we should just captain Salah? Maybe I don't know. Well, Matt, you're not captaining Salah this week. I might be now. (laughs) Well, might have just convinced me. (laughs) Listening to this podcast whilst on the podcast, that is so meta. (laughs) That's meta, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, look, I mean, uh, you know, I look at my team and obviously Lukaku, Norwich at home is the glaring obvious pick, you know, just in on paper, you know, on fantasy terms. Um, But yeah, in in real life with, with the form that Salah's in, with the way Liverpool just seem to be able to score against anyone, um, why not Salah? But you know, we we, we do have to remember that you know, would it be a bit of a far? Would we be saying the biggest rivalry in English football? Liverpool United. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a huge rivalry anyway. You know, um, you know, the first game that fans are going to be at in you know a year and a half, two years, whatever it's been. Um, you know, it's going to be a huge occasion. Obviously, Luke Shaw is going to have to be on his game uh, for, for a full 90 minutes against uh, Trent and, and Salah. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of those games I, I wanted to be a big blockbuster goal fest. Um, but like Will said, you know, you know, you do tend to kind of come into these games a bit conservatively, keep things tight, make sure they don't concede and, you know, either work on the counter or, or you know, be patient and look for their chances. So, I'm hoping United don't spoil our, uh, you know, our expectations by <laughs> by kind of grinding it, grinding the result out. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this game. Um, I, I'm hoping to be down the pub for this with my dad, who's a United fan. So yeah, I, I'll be looking forward to this game. Um, so I might, I, I might captain Salah if if we get a bit of a more of an inkling in the Champions League games as to how how the teams are going to be shaping up. Um, in terms of fun, if you're going to be in the pub watching the game it could be fun to captain Salah or the alternative is to captain Lukaku but they play on the Saturday to Chelsea so what what would you prefer your captain on a Saturday or your captain on a Sunday I I don't mind once they both get hat-tricks you know (laughs) 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 but yeah now if if Lukaku doesn't uh, if Lukaku doesn't do anything on Saturday it's going to be a hard it's going to I won't be enjoying the game on Sunday I'll be watching the hope in Liverpool you know uh, draw a blank you know like we were talking about Man City you know I actually think like did I captain Salah that week I can't remember but there was definitely a week Liverpool were playing uh, you know one of the top teams and I captained them just because you know Liverpool were scoring for fun. Salah was on form, so why not? And again, why why not in this game? You know, United are vulnerable. Liverpool are on, on form. Obviously, I'll be watching the game tonight against Atletico, hoping that he just makes it through unscathed and that, you know, the likes of Mane and stuff. Also, Because if one of those get injured, it might swing things. You know, it might upset the dynamic of the of the attack and stuff. Also, just as a side note, it's interesting to see how, you know, Firmino coming back into the team has, hasn't has really made much of a difference on Salah. Obviously, Firmino got, got a, a great hat-trick, you know. But yeah, it didn't really seem to take any any chances or any, you know, dent Salah's prospect, really. So there was this kind of narrative of, you know, oh, Jota is starting, so Salah's going to be, you know, pushed out or Salah's not going to get as many chances or... You know, Firmino in means this, but I don't really think who plays there is going to have much of an effect on on the likes of Mane or Salah. 
Um, no, fair enough, they're they, both different players, but the, the, the two of them seem to be getting equally as many chances, regardless of who plays in that spot. There you have it. Do you pick Lukaku as captain? Do you pick Salah? My thought is maybe if I pick Salah, they play on the Sunday, which means if I picked Lukaku on the Saturday as captain and he scores, it's great. I've got the points in the bank. But if he doesn't, I think, oh, no, it's my captaincy and my weekend is ruined. But at least if I've got Salah on the Sunday, yeah, that's sweeter. I think that's how it works. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, thank you for listening today. I hope everything has been helpful and enjoyable and at least a little bit entertaining. You've been listening to me, Alfie, Evers, of course, and, of course, Will, a.k.a. Top Marks, uh, Jordi Vanderland, and Matt Bowstring, the cover, or Matt Kearney, as he's known. You can find out more about these guys in the little blurb. I'm going to post their Twitter handle things. Also, my one's in there. Do say hi if you want to. And if you did enjoy listening to this show, please tell others it's imperative. Well, maybe not imperative, but it'd be very nice if you did so because it'd be very, very helpful to us. Thank you very much. Good luck in game week nine and we'll see you the other side. Bye-bye. Thank you.